Welcome to Idlewild Cottage, a quiet place where kindred spirits can linger together over a cup of tea, savoring all things lovely and cozy. My name is Juliana, and I'm delighted to have you. Each episode here at the cottage will center around a theme. That theme will be celebrated in a number of ways, through literature, art, nature, and even some favorite movie scenes, we'll cherish the sweet and simple things of life. So make yourself at home, and I'll put the kettle on. Autumn is upon us, and with it comes the season's many moods, drizzling rains, crisp winds, foggy vistas, and slate-gray skies. But just as welcome is the occasional brilliant day of sunshine which keeps us outdoors just a bit longer. John Keats knew a thing or two about this when he penned his famous lines. Season of mists and mellow fruitfulness, close bosom friend of the maturing sun, conspiring with him how to load and bless with fruit the vines that round the thatch eaves run, to bend with apples the mossed cottage trees and fill all fruit with ripeness to the core. Let's take advantage of the maturing sun and ripened fruit today and slip into the woods that lie just beyond Idlewild Cottage. For a sunny day in autumn is simply begging for a picnic. Toting wicker baskets and checked blankets, we'll hunt up the perfect spot for our merry little feast. As always, we'll draw inspiration from favorite books, art, nature, and movies. The clearing just beyond the footbridge gives enough dappled light to keep the chill away. Let's settle there and see what our kindred spirit and Shirley might be up to on a day like today. Here are some excerpts from Anne of Avonlea. The girls spent the afternoon rambling in the woods and fields, discovering many pretty nooks and lanes. When they got hungry, they had lunch in the prettiest spot of all, the steep bank of a gurgling brook. The girls sat down and did full justice to Anne's dainties. Little jelly tarts and lady fingers, drop cookies frosted with pink and yellow icing, buttercup cake, even the unpoetical sandwiches were greatly appreciated by hearty, unspoiled appetites sharpened by all the fresh air and exercise they had enjoyed. Now, I don't typically think of exercise in connection with picnics. But a chapter from Little Women paints a similar picture. Here again, the picnic is not an event in itself, but part of a lovely afternoon, which includes boating with friends and a lively game of croquet. Listen in to this selection from Chapter 12, in which the March girls have been invited to join their neighbor Lori, along with some of his guests, for a jolly outing with all sorts of larks. It was not far to Longmeadow, but the tent was pitched and the wickets down by the time they arrived. A pleasant green field with three wide-spreading oaks in the middle and a smooth strip of turf for croquet. Welcome to Camp Lawrence, said the young host. Now, let's have a game before it gets hot, and then we'll see about dinner. After a rousing game of croquet, we pick up with the meal. Joe went to preside over the coffee pot while the children collected dry sticks and the boys made a fire and got water from a spring nearby. 
The commander-in-chief and his aides soon spread the tablecloth with an inviting array of eatables and drinkables. Joe announced that the coffee was ready, and everyone settled themselves to a hearty meal, for exercise develops wholesome appetites. If we dig a bit more into these stories, we'll also find our inspiration for nature study. Our resourceful heroines take full advantage of their surroundings to enhance the romance of their picnics. Anne drinks cold brook water from a cup fashioned out of birch bark, and we find Beth March sweetly employed in making little mats of braided rushes to serve as plates. Perhaps we can collect bouquets of Queen Anne's lace to enhance our own Idlewild picnic. Now, I'm hoping we are all in agreement that using our imaginations is very much a part of our time together. So, if you'll allow me, we're going to stretch them just a bit. Okay, so we've imagined ourselves picnicking in the woods near Idlewild. Can we also imagine that these woods are inhabited by forest critters who might, on occasion, speak? These critters, namely a water rat and mole, are enjoying their own picnic near the stream where they've been boating all morning. Their menu, recorded in The Wind in the Willows, includes cold chicken, tongue, ham, beef, pickles, salad, french rolls, lemonade, and more. I think I can do without the tongue, but the rest sounds just about right. Since we're outside today, we can't very well admire a work of art in the sitting room. So we'll bend the rules and use this very scene as our art inspiration. The Wind in the Willows was written in 1908, but a 1931 edition was illustrated by Ernest Shepard. If you give it a Google, you should be able to unearth his picnic illustration. I believe the full title is Mole and Rat Picnicking Under a Tree by the River. Ernest Shepard provides a lovely segue into our cinematic moments. You may recognize his name as the illustrator of Winnie the Pooh, another much-loved classic. Well, this story was reimagined in a 2018 movie called Christopher Robin. Oh, friends, this is such a lovely, heartwarming story. Christopher Robin has grown up and, as an adult, has forgotten what it's like to run and play and imagine wonderful things. A bit of a spoiler here. By the end of the movie, it all comes back, and we find Christopher Robin picnicking with his wife and daughter. The picnic is not the focal point, but I love what it represents. For Christopher Robin, it represents his newly discovered ability to rest and enjoy his family. For his wife, it represents her welcome into the world of imagination. And for their daughter, it represents the freedom she now enjoys to run and skip and play like a child. Another symbolic picnic takes place at a transitional moment in one of my all-time favorite movies, The Sound of Music. Here again, the picnic is not the focal point of the scene, but it represents a shift in the lives of the characters. I'm guessing you can probably picture Maria 
seated on the green hillside, strumming her guitar. The Von Trapp children, clad in curtains and surrounded by picnic baskets, are learning to sing Do Re Mi. It is here that we see the children really blossom beyond the restraints of whistles and regulations, a change that will eventually alter the course of their lives. Now, a picnic might not necessarily alter the course of our own lives, but I would argue that it sure can add beauty to ordinary moments. A couple of weeks ago, my girls and I slipped away to the park for a September picnic. It was not elaborate by any means. In fact, picnics are much more doable when the menu is simple. We tucked cheese and crackers, apple slices, pickles and pistachios into our wicker basket, toted along a bottle of sparkling apple cider, and had ourselves a delightful time. Only once were we inconvenienced by wildlife, namely a friendly dog who was eager to share in the fun. Our friends Betsy and Tacy know a thing or two about unexpected picnic guests, too. Do you know Betsy Ray and Tacy Kelly of Deep Valley? They are delightful chums, well worth knowing. Maud Hart Loveless recounted in charming detail many events of her childhood through the Betsy Tacy books. In the first book, simply called Betsy Tacy, the girls begin what will eventually become a decade-long tradition of picnicking together. The second book introduces us to their friend Tib and is appropriately called Betsy Tacy and Tib. I'll share some excerpts from Chapter 4, weaving in a couple of my own explanations along the way. Monday, after school, carrying a picnic basket and a fat bundle of newspapers, Betsy, Tacy, and Tib climbed the big hill. Leaving the thick-growing trees behind, they came out on a high rocky ridge. It's the perfect place, said Betsy. They tucked the picnic basket into a cleft of the rocks behind them. Usually, they ate their lunch as soon as they reached the place to which they were going, but today they were too anxious to read about the King of Spain. Unfortunately for our Deep Valley friends, their interest in the young, handsome King of Spain leads to the neglect and mysterious disappearance of their picnic basket. Eventually, the girls spy a shaggy creature with horns. It's a goat and he has claimed the basket as his own. With much effort, the girls finally recover the remains of their picnic and end up meeting a new friend, a Syrian girl about their own age, whose pet goat is on the loose. In an effort to bridge the language gap, Tacy has the perfect solution. She shook out the red and white fringed cloth and spread it on the grass. Betsy and Tacy took sandwiches and cookies and hard-boiled eggs and arranged them invitingly upon it. Then all three sat down, leaving one side of the cloth empty, and all three pointed from the little girl to the vacant place. The girl's smile gleamed. Dimples flashed in her round, rosy-brown face. She brought out a chunk of cheese and pieces of a flat, round loaf of bread. She sat down at the vacant place, her wide skirts billowing about her, and the girls had a picnic. Whether we nibble on delicate dainties with kindred spirits, pass around bread and cheese with chums, 
or pack a basket fit for a whole family, I hope you'll agree that an autumn picnic is a simple pleasure worth weaving into your fall schedules. If you do, I'd love to hear from you. Speaking of which, I simply love to hear from fellow kindred spirits who have in some way been inspired or encouraged by their time spent here at Idlewild Cottage. Every once in a while, we'll peek into the Idlewild post to read notes from these friends, and today, I'd like to thank Lindsay for her contribution. Lindsay writes that, after listening to the Apple Orchard episode, she was inspired to enhance the ambiance of an ordinary task. She positioned a nice comfy chair down by her apple trees, plopped down and tackled some schoolwork amid rustling leaves and summer's farewell. Thank you, Lindsay, for sharing how you cherish the sweet and simple things of life. If you'd like to drop a note into the Idlewild post, you can find me on Instagram at Idlewild Cottage. Go ahead and send me a direct message or tag Idlewild Cottage in posts and stories of your lovely and cozy pursuits. Well, friends, the sun is dipping toward the horizon, so it's time to pack up our picnic baskets and wend our way back home. In closing, I'll share from Psalm 23, which describes the ideal picnic spot and picnic host. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. Kindred spirits, as we delight in the fruits of this vibrant season, would we be refreshed by the one who leads us to green meadows and peaceful streams? Thank you for joining me today, dear ones. Please come again soon to Idlewild Cottage. <laughs>